We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Good snap. Good hole. Good kick. And the Bills slide into the postseason for the fourth straight year. Sliding on the field, sliding in the playoffs, sliding in DMs, man. It's awesome. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rockpile Report. This is your host, season ticket holder Drew Gear, producer Chris Kruger. I am Andy Parks, the guy they let uh, do the intro today because Drew has no voice. Yeah. And no ability to do this himself. Drew's got no voice. I literally watched you lose your voice on Saturday uh, during the game. It's Festivus week. I have a grievance. It is December. Andy, you have kids. Yes, sir. Drew, allegedly you have kids. What are you, insinuating they're not mine? (laughs) They shouldn't be yours. (laughs) I'm going to say both of you, for your spouses and your children, you ordered a majority of the gifts from Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Hmm. False. False. You yeah, literally false. you literally went out to the store for you went out to I'm gonna go out in public and shop in front of other people. My wife went out and shopped because she likes to shop. Because you know women be shopping. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure a whole bunch of people got mad about that right I'm, now. I'm in I Are you trying to join your best friend Jerry Sullivan here? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Here we go. It I'm is, gonna be out there with Jerry Sullivan just on the street rattling cans. My mind is blown that I'm the only one in this in this camp right now. Where I everything that I got, most I'd say eighty five percent of the stuff I got on Amazon. So I would assume Amazon in December 
okay, most of the orders that are coming through our service, these are gifts for other people. So how about we box this shit up and not just slap a shipping label <laughs> now that you on say the it, fucking gift? I did. I did buy my wife's gift off Amazon on uh, Cyber Monday, and it shipped in the box. In the box with the company's name on the outside, all of the stuff, and it sat in my heart. She brought the box in. She put it down, and she goes, oh, there's a box from Walmart out there. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I don't know. It says Walmart.com on it. And I looked at it, and I go, oh, it's the company's name, which if she had actually read it, would tell her exactly what the gift is. Chris, it sat for three days. She, right over her head. No, I, Saturday, <laughs> I come home from work, or not Saturday, Saturday I came home from the game, because I went to the game, and Sunday morning, we're up, and Jessica's like, this came for you yesterday from Amazon, and she goes, is this for me? I'm like, well, obviously, these assholes at Amazon didn't bother to put it in a fucking box. They just slapped the shipping label on the goddamn item that I'm giving you for Christmas, and now you know what it is. It's like, I would appreciate Amazon if you box the fucking things that we order. It's fucking Christmas. There's a good chance that what, that, that gift you're leaving on the porch is for someone else within that same house, you sons of bitches. In Amazon's defense, they were very busy scheduling the uh, Jets-Jaguars game on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it slipped their mind. Yeah. That's, that's, that could be it. That could be it. Oh, folks, it is a week for grievances. We are airing all of them. But for today, we talk about things of a much more pleasing nature. That's right. It's our week 15 recap. The Buffalo Bills, what? Buffalo Bills 32? 32-29. 29. A real common score. I've got your stats of the game right here. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, 17 of 30, 234, two touchdowns, two sacks, a 104 quarterback rating. One one rushing attempt for seven yards. Josh Allen, 25 of 40, 304, four touchdowns, two sacks, 119 rating, 10 rushes for 77 yards. (laughs) Three, the number three, that's the number of touchdowns scored by backup skill players in the Buffalo Bills. You got your tight end two, mm-hmm. your running back two, and your running back three. Tight end Dawson Knox, three of four for 77 yards and one touchdown versus Miami's linebacking core. One drop. Without that drop, he would have had a perfect night against Miami's linebackers. Raheem Moster, 101 rushing yards in the first quarter, 25 for the rest of the game. Third down conversions, Miami, 5 of 14, good for 35%. Buffalo, 8 of 14, good for 57%. Shaq Lawson, one pressure, one sack, one solo run stop, one batted pass, a forced fumble, and a partridge, and a pear tree. Wide receivers Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, 20 combined targets, 12 receptions, 183 total yards, and both of two is passing touchdowns. Kyrie Elam, 2 of 4 against him in coverage, 1 single first down, 11 total yards allowed in coverage, 
zero for nine. That's the Dolphins' record over the last nine games where it was less than 40 degrees at kickoff. But do you still wish it was colder? Smart guy. Do you still wish it was colder? Ah. Chris, if we're going to talk about the tailgate and just the day and just the watch experience. <coughs> You're already dying over there. Don't die on us. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're taxing this here. I'm, I'm already taxing down the runway towards the, uh, towards just a coughing fit. Yeah, we're halfway home. Chris. It was a hell of a tailgate. I like that you... So we had snow, and if there's one thing that you need to know about me as a person, if you tell me to be somewhere at 9.15 in the morning, I will be there at 9. Because if you're on time, you're late. And I did stop at the store to, to get water. So when, so you when hit, I texted Chris to tell him, hey, I'm going to need until 9.45 because I have to snow blow my driveway. And I'm literally inside the house getting dressed. And my wife goes, why is Chris in our driveway? Yeah. Well, you text me that at 837. I'd already left. <laughs> and I'm focusing on driving because I knew I was going to Wegmans first because you did mention oh, we need to get a case of water. And in my head, I went, so if we're going to Wegmans first, the closest Wegmans, we have to work our way backwards from the stadium. I'll just stop at Wegmans on my way to your house and, and get a case of water. And that's what I did. So I never, you sent me that text at 837. I'm already gone. I'm at Wegmans. I don't look at my phone again until I pull into your driveway. Now, Andy, mm-hmm. this makes him a considerate friend, doesn't it? Yeah. These, these are virtues, I would say. And at the same time, he and I just fight about it. Because I'm like, I told you a time. You're not here at the time. I know you're doing me a favor, but also, damn it. Then tell me a different time. Like, that's it. Move the original time, then I'm there at the time that you Well, I tried want. to, but you were already, you, you left an hour early to make it 15 minutes to my house. Yeah, but also the weather, you have to factor in weather conditions. Yeah, the weather but, conditions. And you so also, let's start there. You also didn't know that I was, I was going to Wegmans. Let's, let's start, so let's start there. We get to the tailgate, we show up, and there's nobody in the parking lot. And so we pull in. We pay the guy, and as he's pulling in, he's pulling past us, he's in his car, and he goes, uh, we're not really open. I got a loader coming probably around noon to come clear the lot. And I laugh at him. I go, what? For what? And he goes, well, if you guys want, he goes, you guys, you guys can come in. You know, you just, you know, I'll have a guy coming around about one. You might have to move your truck. I go, I'm not moving shit. You know what I'm going to move? Is snow. Chris, yeah, you and I tag teamed that thing and shoveled out the entire tailgate spot. Yeah, we had one shovel for the both of us for three cars for. But it was actually kind of nice because then the person who wasn't shoveling could make cocktails. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I did make you. I did make you an old fashioned. The uh, but we at like ten o'clock in the morning. <coughs> yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. That's when you needed old fashioned. Basically, the uh, here's the thing: we shoveled out three spots for. Your truck, Iman's truck, and then our lawyer, Mark Smith. But for whatever reason, Mark Smith was like nine months late to the tailgate. (laughs) Nine months late. So he shows up late. Now, here's the worst part. 
I'm sick days before this. I'm getting like I felt great though on Saturday morning, but a lot of that might have been adrenaline. You know, I had a sore throat Thursday and a sore throat Friday. I woke up Saturday morning. I go, okay, my throat's still a little tender to, to the touch, but I can swallow. I'm fine. I'm no coughing, nothing, blah, blah, blah. I'm great. Let's go to this damn game. We get there and Chris got to watch me fall apart over the course of like a 10 hour span. I literally have never watched someone get sick <laughs> in real time. Yeah. I, I, I opened up a beer. And I took two sips of it. It was probably about five o'clock. And I was like, I can't even drink this. Oh, no. Oh, no, this is bad. And then I tried to yell to somebody. And I was like, oh, no, I don't have any voice. Oh, this is bad. You can't yell and you can't drink beer? So I did, I did have beers. I had a beer walking to the stadium with F1 Dave. And it was one of those things where I, we're having a good time, everyone's, but I'm already trying to strain to project my voice. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to the seats, I have nothing. I've got nothing going for me. I can't talk. I have no voice whatsoever. These jerk-offs, you think I'd get some sympathy? No, 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 no. Chris and Dan Kimball decide that I'm now Mr. Bean. They're like, oh, so all you can do is make goofy faces and wave your hands around? So they proceed to spend the next three hours asking me just ridiculous questions and being like, oh, what's that? You can't answer? You pricks. (laughs) You pricks. Yeah, scream if you hate Dane Jackson. (laughs) Oh, no? Oh, guys, this guy loves Dane Jackson. Look at him. He loves it. Here's the best part, people. You know you're sick. Josh Allen fumbles the ball. Chris looks at me and goes, this is looking dicey. How long, how much longer? He's like, how long, the weather's getting worse. How long do you want to stay? And he looks at me and says, if we don't score on the next drive, do you want to get out of here? And I was like, yeah, no, 100%. <coughs> Dolphins come down. Everything looks like they're going to kick a field goal. I sit down and I just kind of close my eyes for a second. I'm like, all right, this is nice. I'm finally out of the wind. Now, Chris, did you know that I was sleeping? No. No, because I try not to pay attention to you when I'm at a fucking game. I like to uh, watch happiness, not look at sadness. So I'm sitting while everyone else is standing, and I just have my chin tucked into my chest. I was probably asleep for about 15 to 18 minutes of real time. And then all of a sudden, I wake up because everyone is losing their shit around me and I stand up and Josh Allen is just barnstorming his way down the football field and I'm just clapping going yep totally yep I was here this is great Woo! high five everybody I, I was right here with you the whole time I don't need any context at all for what just happened <laughs> it was an awesome game and then Chris because I followed Chris's lead because I, I couldn't talk so I didn't stand to make conversation with anybody like I usually do Chris we were one of the first 10 people out of our parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of people ask me, like, you know, like, oh, did you just stay and party afterwards? It was like, that field goal went in. I was home 25 minutes later. Chris and I made it back to my house within 15 minutes of the end of the game. That's amazing. And Chris made it home about a half hour later. Yeah. It, the, the weather was getting way worse. I had to go. This is the thing, like, because I have a, you know. Not to brag or draw attention myself to, to myself, but I, dr- I drive a Mazda three. It's one of the greatest. 
it's one of the best vehicles anybody anybody could own. But like when I left your house, like I specifically didn't go down East West Road because I was like, well, I know there's a couple of hills along the way over to Union, so I'm not going to chance it if I get stuck. So I just went down to uh, Ridge in Seneca, yep, and then cut over to Union to go home, <laughs> like. I had to, yeah, I had to plan for that. Oh, what roads can I take that is not as hillary as hilly? It was a phenomenal game. It was it was one of those things. Like even as sick as I was, I came home. I had no voice. My wife's talking to me. She's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm just rasping at her, just <laughs> like it's almost like the Godfather. Like, who look at my my boy? Look what they did to my boy. I, I'm just mumbling quietly. And she's like, are you drunk? And I was like, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just sick. She goes, either way, I'm not talking to you. And she just went to bed. <laughs> she was like, I'm happy you made it home safe. Also, I'm not talking to you. Good night. It was one of the most fulfilling football games I've seen in person in a very, very long time. Andy, watching it at home, <coughs> what was that like watching the end? The way that it just all unfolded and kind of came around. Yeah, I um, I started the game, if I could give you a little bit of backstory. I went to Pennsylvania to visit my wife's family on Friday night. So I drove down Friday night to visit her family. I got there at 8 o'clock. By 2 the next day, I'm on the road to head back to Buffalo because I had to be I have church in the morning. So I'm driving and driving. And I signed up for XM Radio just because I knew I wasn't going to get back in time to see the start of the Bills game. But um, So I'm listening to the first quarter on the radio as I, I'm on my way home. I'm on the 219 getting off uh, to get to my house and I just catch this glimpse to my left of the stadium to the left and it's it's a crappy night weather wise and it's dreary and it's ugly but I just get this glimpse over my shoulder of this beautiful lit stadium in the distance and it was just it was incredible say what you will about our stadium but it it warmed my heart tell me that that doesn't it's it's beautiful it is night, yeah. it's all lit up like it that. was that was it, it's like it's that shining city on a hill I'm like oh my gosh I'm overclipped. But so I get home and I, and I watch the game and I missed halftime and some of the third quarter still blowing, but um, caught all of the second quarter. And um, the end of that game was just phenomenal. We were, it was just back and forth. And I was, my wife was still in Pennsylvania. So I was texting with her. Um, it was um, my dad called me afterwards to say, uh, I paid for the whole seat, but I only needed the edge. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. But no, it was just it was fantastic. Every time you thought that the Bills had were finding a creative way to lose this game, um, somebody stepped up, whether it was somebody on defense who stepped up and forced a third down uh, when we absolutely had to have one or the game was over. Uh, when when the offensive line got themselves pulled together and their heads out of their butts just long enough to let Josh do some running and, or, and to let some some sort of passing offense take place uh, when we needed it most. Uh, it was incredible. They they really did put this whole... Like, this was a masterpiece. But where I'm going to start the recap of this, because, Chris, I don't like to end on a bad note. No. No. So let's start from the top. Let's talk about that third quarter. Is that or is that not the worst third quarter you've ever seen? Chris, I'll start with you. It. I said this to you, I think, during the game or on the way home, because over the last couple of weeks, probably since... The bet was made with Greg Thompson from Cover One. I was like, "Oh, I, uh, I get it. 
I know I've been saying, well, you know, a win is a win. And that's something I would want to say for what happened on Saturday. Chris looked at me but and he goes, holy I na- shit, Chris, I get it. Chris looked at me and goes, I now understand why you're such a lunatic about this stuff. He goes, that's nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. And I usually it's you asking me if I wanted to, if I want to leave. But no, it was me in the fourth quarter. I'm like, dude, if we don't do anything here, <laughs> you're sick. <laughs> you're sick. I got to go to work in the morning, which, by the way, I didn't make it to work in the morning on Sunday because I got stuck in my own driveway. That's hilarious. Yeah. I like I walked out at like nice, nice five, Mazda. Yeah. At six o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, there's a giant mound of snow at the end of the driveway from the plow. I'll shovel that and then uh, just gun it out of the garage and see if I can't get to the, uh, my street. And I had to call off for four hours of work because I, I couldn't. And I, I didn't justify turning on the snowblower at 6 a.m. for the neighbors. Dude, fuck your neighbors. It's the wintertime in <laughs> Buffalo. You know that... Listen, we all know what's going on. It's a snowstorm in Buffalo. If, if, in fact, if anything, if I'm out there snowblowing and you're not, you should feel bad. It's the cost you, of doing business. You should feel bad about yourself that you're not out there snowblowing too. Four punts, three drives of under two minutes of possession, three drives of fewer than 10 net yards. No drive of more than five plays, a series where they got to the edge of field goal range and then committed 25 yards with the penalties and just moved all the way back to punting range. Chris, that's vomit worthy. Yeah, well, the thing. But that's just, whoa, whoa, but that's just the offense. Oh, no, 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 no. Can I give my one comment on the offense? Sure. I mean, the hero ball to end the half. You saw that, Andy. Yep. Hero ball touchdown, and then you fucking come out three and out. Like, why can't you fucking take hold of that goddamn momentum? No. They they went to the locker room, got warm, got comfortable. It's and one of those out. spots where you could have put the game away, and we could have just had a party in the second half. What's the point of winning the toss and deferring if you're not going to do anything <laughs> with the ball to start the third quarter? Exactly. We never win the toss, and we finally do this time, and we find it... We just piss it away. On the other side of things, the Bills on defense give up a touch on a big big pass play downfield. I think that was the 67-yarder. Okay. Right after our special teams unit commits one of the dumbest roughing the kicker penalties I've ever seen in my life. That was brutal. What the fuck was he aiming for? The belt? It wasn't the ball. He tackled the guy. You don't get to do that. I don't know if they told you it, Pee Wee or JV or varsity or like D1 to D2 D3 like I don't know if they teach I'm pretty sure you get taught that somewhere along the way hey that you can't spear tackle the kicker hey you know that skinny guy back there who kicks the ball you're not allowed to gore him like you're fucking uh, what's his face Rhino from ECW (laughs) I was thinking more Goldberg but that, that no Rhino Nobody spears like Rhino, and if anybody said anyone else says, "Oh no, it's Goldberg or it's Edge or it's Roman Reigns or it's Ricky Starks," no, 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 the spear was made by Rhino. I know that I don't remember a third quarter quite that bad, even when Dable was here and I was shitting all over our third quarters. That was part of my last stake bet with Greg Thompson. Yeah, like 
I don't remember a third quarter that bad. Nothing we did worked. Too bad you couldn't have that stake bet now, because I think you'd win. Right? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, it, And the worst part is, is that that should cost you a football game. True or false? Yeah. Having a quarter like that should cost you a game. Luckily for us, they had Miami had their own issues that proved too much to overcome. There's a whole bunch of questionable coaching decisions made by that coaching staff. I can't wait to pick Elfartiaga's brain about this from his perspective this week during our AFC's roundup. The Dolphins have been called out a lot, I think, lately. Because I think you know their coach was kind of anointed early in the season. They were like, look at all the success this guy's having. He's a young kid. He's smart. He's innovative. Oh, ever. Why do people gravitate towards these guys? I don't know. I, I think they're they're looking for the next new shiny thing. I think the sun is setting on Bill Belichick and they're looking for the next guy to, you know, the next rising star coach, the next narrative. And, and they tried to hitch their wagon to Mike McDaniel. Well, over the course of, like, so early in the season, he was being talked up like he was some kind of, Chris, you remember, week three, the Dolphins, whether their fans want to acknowledge it or not, acted like they won the, they, they thought they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you cover your coach in Gatorade in the locker room. Like, you're so happy. Hey, we beat the Bills finally. For what? For a game? What, you think that's not going to come back and bite you in the ass? Over this multi-game losing streak that they've had, and their loss in Buffalo this weekend. I just keep seeing that despite going toe-to-toe with the Bills in a lot of ways, like you think about how even that game was, the time of possession was separated by 14 seconds. That's how close it was. Penalty disparity was one call, but the same yardage for both teams. That's crazy. You lost. Why'd you lose? Well, the coach deserves the donkey of the day award. You look back, Raheem Mostert was the first quarter. Yeah, unstoppable. Unstoppable. The Bills went with light boxes to try to offset the passing attack, and their coaching staff said, now's when we hit him with the run. And they don't. Miami, borrowing from his time in San Francisco, you think about how good San Francisco's been running the ball for the last decade? Yeah, that's really been what they've hang, been able to hang their head on, has been their run game. It's always creative. It's mm-hmm. it's not just running, and it's not just, well, A blocks B, C blocks D, and this guard blocks here, and then there's a kick out, and somebody runs. They get very creative with how they design their running attack. Miami does that this year. Right. They have shown flashes of that creativity, and it came to fruition in that first quarter. In the second half, the team, Buffalo, came together, played a little more single high look. They said, okay, fine. We're not going to give you the box anymore. But that, and and the Dolphins pivoted and found some other ways to move the football, but you don't abandon the thing that got you 100 yards and a quarter. That's lunacy. Yeah. But you go down to the fourth quarter. They only ran the ball three times in the entire quarter, and all of them came on first down. That's malpractice, isn't it? Chris, would you be pissed off if a Bills coach had 170 yards rushing and then for a whole quarter said, fuck the run, I don't need it? Yeah, that would bother me. Yeah, it would bother everybody, as it should any smart football fan. But their coach did it, 
because when it comes down to brass tacks, he really does just, I feel like he gets panicky. And he goes, well, I know I have three players that I trust. I trust Waddle, I trust Hill, and I trust Tua. So that's going to be the offense now, and that's mm-hmm. all I'm calling. You could see it in their stat lines. That's a lot of combined yardage. The fact that Tua and Waddle have both of their touchdowns. Like, the, that's great if you're talking about fantasy football. Anybody who started either one of these guys looks like a genius. But in terms of football wins and losses, it also makes you very predictable. Like, I broke it down on my phone. I'm just looking at the final three drives of the game. And it it really is kind of stupid. You go, they start off, they run for 11. Then they run for six. Second and four, short dump off to Hill. A loss. Third and one, short dump off to Smythe. Gets stopped for a loss. Field goal attempt. Last drive of the game. First and ten. Run gets stopped by Rousseau at the line. One yard gain. They go, fuck the run. We're not doing it again. Second and nine. Quick pass to Hill. Stop for a loss by Elam. <laughs> because at this point, they're just screen trying to run screen passes. Third and 12 pass to, uh, to Jalen Waddle gets broken up by Trey White. Now they have to punt. They give us the ball. The rest is history. With time. They give with, the ball time with time. With five minutes. And, like, I don't know. Like... <sighs> I get it. They're your workhorses. You paid a lot of money for one of them. You've invested a lot in the other two. But if you if you don't have an off-speed pitch, like Buffalo did a great job in this game of hitting Miami with off-speed pitches, left and right. They brought in players that haven't been involved for weeks and said, hey, that guy, now you're in. Now your number's getting called. For all of the, the problems that Buffalo had this game, I mean, it, 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 it was an exciting game. It was an amazing game. It's one I'm not going to forget for a very long time. But it wasn't always pretty. But for Buffalo's credit, there's how often do we watch Bills games where you hear the stat, oh, Josh has just completed a, his pass to his seventh different receiver today. Wow, isn't that great? He's spreading it around. He's not just relying on Diggs, and he's not just relying on Gabe Davis. Um, but, yeah, now you've got Miami, who really is living and dying by those three guys. And if you can shut even one of them down, that's that's great. That gives that puts you in a position where you can make some headway and win the game. One hundred percent. Like you think about what Buffalo did with our offense, we kind of knew. Hey, Stephon Diggs, they're going to work to take you away. And like I've seen the stat, we only averaged one yard per play when he wasn't on the field. I think that speaks to how much attention that guy draws. So the fact that Allen was able to generate 304 passing yards and that our running backs were able to function when the team, when defenses go, hey, Stephon Diggs, we know that you're the show. We're going to take you away. And Allen goes, it doesn't, fine. I can finally get other weapons involved. Right. What? A touchdown to Quentin Morris? It's like people in the stands are like, who? What? Yeah, who, who had Quentin Morris as a touch for a touchdown on their bingo card? Oh my God! There was guys behind me who were like, "I've got Stephon Diggs as an anytime touchdown scorer on my thing." Who the fuck is Quentin Morris? Yeah, I was gonna say, was Quentin Morris touchdown uh, on uh, one of your parlays, Chris? No. Yeah, should have been. No, I haven't. Could've, I don't, You could have made some real money. Hashtag yeah. lockpile. Yeah, no, I haven't bet on NFL in like a month because yeah, you stink at it. Well, I don't know. I bet college. 
I don't bet and I I'll seldom bet NFL. <clears throat> but if we're making fun of a coaching staff, I feel like this is my opportunity to get this off my chest. Kyrie Elam. Where the fuck is this guy been? Chris? Not being used. Like, it's almost malfeasance. Is it possible he's been in, you know, proverbial bubble wrap for the postseason? I don't know, though. I mean, this just, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Something happened. He was healthy. Yeah. They started slowly working him in. They were like, oh, hey, we're going to let you get some reps. We're going to let Trey get some reps. And then we're going to give. That was the Detroit game. Mm-hmm. And then things got weird. And they were like, you know what? We actually don't need you. And then you go, okay, well, here's a game against the Jets. We're probably. Oh, we don't need him again. What? What are we doing here? We want to see what we have in. And these guys have been on the practice squad for a couple of weeks. It, we talked about it last week. Like, the, the excuses were starting to wear thin. Mm. So you finally play him, and he has a hell of a game. Like, what? This is it. He's never looked like a flop before. So we're all just kind of sitting here wondering, like, what did you do? Yeah, did he hit on somebody's girlfriend he wasn't supposed to hit on? Like, what happened? Chris. Yeah. Let's go around the table. Conspiracy theory. What did Kyrie Lim do to get benched? Oh, God. They'll never tell us because this ship doesn't leak. So, uh, how about this? He put in the least amount of money at the rookie dinner. <laughs> Was that it? He's like, fuck you guys. I'm not paying you anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like some of the sixth, seventh round guys. Shakir, like Khalil Shakir put in more money towards the rookie dinner bill than Kyrie Elam. He backed into Leslie Frazier's truck and didn't leave a note, and they figured out it was him on security camera. Both good ideas. Those are both good ideas. I'm wondering if he didn't just kind of make the point, like, hey, where the fuck is this old guy? Like, I get it, he's Trey White. Why is he getting more reps than me? I, I, I'm good. Right. Who, who had an interception in the Chiefs game? <laughs> Wasn't Trey White. No, it was Kyrie Elam. Who's been here when we were winning football games? Oh, that's right. It was Kyrie Elam. Like, Christian Benford ain't here. <laughs> ain't nobody. Who, 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 like, I'm not going to lie to you. If I had that, that kind of athleticism, do you know the cockiness I would walk around with all of the time? <laughs> I would be worse than T.O. ever was. <laughs> ever was. So I can imagine a world where he probably didn't like the idea that they were like, look, you don't play special teams. We do want to work in Xavier Rhodes. And he was like, what? Fuck Xavier Rhodes. Fuck this and that and you. And it didn't go well. So then they had to kind of make him ride pine to prove a point. Be like, listen, we are in charge. Right. You will do what we tell you to do. <laughs> or else. And we will not lose games in the process of making this point. Well, that's it. We're still not going to lose, even without you. Mm. So if you don't get on board, you can be off board. And we'll just keep rolling. Yep. I don't know. I just, I, I look, he split time with Jackson, which I think is a, Chris, does that come as a breath of fresh air to everyone in the Bills fan base? Yeah. Like, hey, maybe they do recognize that Dane Jackson shouldn't be the de facto cornerback, too, when you go up against a team that has really great wide receiver talent. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. And then you think back to the, the stats from the top of the show. In coverage, Kyrie Lim held Tyreek Hill, the Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. 
to negative yards after the catch. How many other cornerbacks can say that? That that Bueller? Nothing comes to mind. Bueller? If we had crickets. I'd have you insert that drop right there, Chris. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love it. Now, another defensive performance that really excited me was Shaq Lawson. Bill's highest rated defender. His plays were all timely. And he said it it was personal. You know, they asked him, they were like, was it personal? And he was like, hell yeah, it's personal. (laughs) He said the same thing after the Jets game. They were playing with my money. They, (laughs) They paid him and then traded him away to the Texans. Chris, imagine a team comes to you and says, hey, we're going to pay you $10 million a year to play football for a team that we think can win. And then out of nowhere, they go, hey, guess what? Good luck on the Texans. And they basically send you to football Siberia. Yeah. Wouldn't you be a little bit pissed off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's got to be a thing across all sports. If you're playing your, your former team that traded you away. <laughs> that gave you away after just signing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, oh. that would irritate me to no end. And you just want to be able to play your best game against your old team. Like, oh, you didn't think I was good enough? Fuck you. Same thing with the Jets. They cut him at the end of last year. Yeah, there was all that clamor at the end of last season that they, we should sign him for the playoffs. Yeah, because they cut him and basically they, they basically it was about uh, it was a, it was a, it was a few million dollars that he didn't end up earning because they cut him when they cut him. I understand why the Jets would do it. It's a shrewd business. That's the NFL. Right. But the reality is you 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 as a player do get to take that personally. Sure. Like you as a human being. The Jets get to be a business and, and a shrewd business, and you get to take it personally. That's, that, that, that's what you're allowed to do. So when you get the opportunity to exact a little revenge, I'm sure that's on your mind. Mm-hmm. He was just all over the place. I mean, and you think about the timely nature of that. Sacking Tua... The Jets, the Jets, the Dolphins convert fourth and one. They're driving. They're inside our 20. Mm-hmm. It's a third and short where if they don't get it, they'll probably go for it again. They just showed you they will. Ten-yard sack. Ten-yard sack forces a field goal. Fuck you. Get off my doorstep. <laughs> I love it. Bats a pass down, right? <coughs> Later in the game, he bats a pass down on the drive where they have to punt. That ends up being part of what decides this football game. 
There's no way you can be mad about his performance. He actually, Chris, he stood out to me more than most of the other defenders. Now, was there anybody that caught your eye? Or was there anything you noticed? I, I'm interested to know how you watch from the stands. What is it? Where Where do your eyes go when the Bills are on the field? Usually on the field mm-hmm. is the first place I put my eyeballs is what's happening on the field. I mean, I know you probably stick to the trenches, but I try to get a little bit of everything and figure out how things work. So was there anybody now watching it in person, that game, that you were just like, wow, that that was impressive? Um, Not so much as I felt like I didn't notice much of Matt Milano. You know who did? Tua on that sack where the middle just opened up because Daquan Jones just basically pulled the inside of their line apart. And him and Matt Milano just met at the quarterback. It was, that's like a Three Stooges sack. Like if you mm-hmm. put music behind it, it's like, <laughs> like they both just met. Just, oh, hey, the Dolphins are blocking. And he hesitated for a second. And then they both just flew in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Dude if just looked up and went, "Ah, shit, it's happening." <laughs> I don't know if it's a thing like we're like. Because sometimes you'll be able to notice on TV because then also the announcers are mentioning it. But being in the stands, like I know a couple games that I went to this year, you're like, "Oh no, Matt Milano's like in on everything." But I, I don't know. I don't remember noticing him as much. I know we did. You and I made a couple of. Uh, Eye contact, like I guess that's not DPI, because <laughs> there were a couple, a couple of throws where we were like, "Oh, that, oh, I thought there was going to be a flag." Oh, we there. got away with that one. We huh? got, yeah. yeah, we got, we got away with that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll I, take that. I what guess, a team that gets away with stuff now. Yeah, yeah how it's great like, is oh, that? This is nice. This is different. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. That might have been like the best part, like just like knowing you and and me not knowing football as well that we're thinking the same thing on a couple of those throws. Like, I think that's DPI. There's one player who, I, and, and it's almost low-hanging fruit, but getting to see these games in person, you get to, you get to see speed versus speed in real time. It's not filtered through TV. It's not sharpened up for you. You're just watching a human being doing something in front of you. There's... One player on the field who stood out bigger than everybody. That's Josh Allen. And him and Dorsey got together in this game and made magic that I'll, I'm will i not going to forget for a long time. I mean, the, the Bills defense did a lot of nice things. But that's going to be the story of this game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for an offense that we've been talking about needing more diversity. they got to get more guys involved. They need better looks. The offense was powered by Knox, Gabe Davis, and Stephon Diggs for the first two drives. (laughs) I mean, you're looking at 45 yards on the first touchdown drive came from Dawson Knox. That was a great catch and run. It was. Diggs and uh, Davis combined for 47 yards on that second touchdown drive. That's half the field. Those are your star players. But then once they got into the red zone... Miami said, all right, we're taking these guys away. And Dorsey was like, that's fine. 
I've got some plays. We were done with them anyway. I've got some hilarious stuff lined up for you. How about Cook? How about Hines? Mm-hmm. That pass to Hines. Just a, just a little screen, and he's going to beat his man to the pylon. That's the stuff that's been missing for months. And wasn't that the draw of Hines in the first place? Is like he can he can catch and run, and he's <laughs> yeah great in special teams, but he's also really dangerous with the ball in his hand off a screen pass. One hundred percent. In fact, if you run it down, so Quentin. Mo- first of all, Quentin Morris going to him is ballsy because you're like I, this guy hasn't caught a pass in a month. Yeah. In the red zone, critical moment. They're like, hey, you know what they won't see though? Josh will put it there. Yeah, he'll get it there. Singletary, Cook, Hines, Quinton Morris, and McKenzie all got one at least one target in the red zone. That's pretty diverse. And it's a lot of faith in McKenzie that you may or may not have earned over the course of the season. Like this is an area where we've all been where Chris, I, I put I, I put this on everybody else. I say we. I've been bitching and screaming <laughs> into the ether about how our coordinator needs to be better. He did better. Yeah. <laughs> credit where credit is due. Probably the most efficient red zone effort we've had all season. And then, I don't know, I just look at this, like, even the play designs. Gabe Davis was wide open on one touchdown. That, that pass to Diggs that didn't land. Right. If Josh just sees Gabe Davis, he's wide open. Yeah. So he was designing good plays in the red zone for, for in, I don't know, first time in a long time. I don't know. It's it's wild to me that it took this long for all of this stuff to click. I mean, obviously, Josh is a great passer, but kudos to our coordinator for putting together packages, packages of plays that were fundamentally sound. Players, I mean, there, there were some things, there were some mistakes. Chris, so Nate Geary tweeted out something about how he, he, he was on, after this game, he was all over. Dorsey's ass about what a terrible game plan it was all these questionable play calls the pass to McKenzie where you had two wide receivers in the same place yep shades of Rick Dennison but somebody brought up the fact they were like are we are can we be 100% positive that McKenzie didn't just run the wrong route can you say that Chris no it's absolutely possible but that almost landed that ridiculous pass almost landed. Now, I called that they weren't going to give it to him. I was like, there, there's no inconclusive evidence that he came down with the ball. Because I go, it's, everyone's like, well, his knees. I go, the, the question is the knees. Right. Does he have the ball with clear possession and survive the ground? They're going to say there's not conclusive evidence. And sure enough, they, they waved it off, just yep. like I said they would. But Josh Allen made that fucking throw. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's the stuff other teams can only dream of. That's the, that's the type of thing the Miami Dolphins can only dream of. Josh Allen putting on his Superman cape and being like, you know what? 44 yards. He's like, oh, your running backs are fast. You know what they can't do? Is bulldoze into the open field when all your cornerbacks are downfield and then just push one of them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I'm bigger than you. I'm Josh Allen. Like a grown man playing with children. It was just <coughs> the the authority with which he ran the ball and the, his ability to, you know, just push guys out of his way. Quarterbacks don't do that. Quarterbacks slide. 
quarterbacks get out of bounds. No, Josh Allen just trucks people. And we've gotten, we're getting spoiled. We are becoming a spoiled fan base because we're just getting used to it. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen trucks people. That's what he does. That is not something to take for granted. No. Not, not, not only, oh, he trucks people. Oh, he can also throw that pass we saw in the Lions game. Yeah. Oh, he can also throw that touchdown to James Cook as he's falling down backwards out. Just, Chris, tell me your hair didn't stand up when you saw that in person. Like, it's different than on TV, isn't it? It is. Getting to watch a ridiculous play unfold where you're like, that guy's open and I'm watching it happen. Where's Josh throwing the ball? And he's falling backwards. You're like, I don't. And you guys were at the game. I was watching this one at home, and the announcers were just talking about how that's another ill-advised throw from Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, it worked out for him this time, but you don't throw that ball. It's ill-advised. Josh Allen throws those balls. He makes two out of three of them. He is ill-advised. Look at him. He's shoving people by the face. He's fighting defensive tackles. He's ripping their helmets off in a fit of rage. That man outweighs you by 100 pounds, and he doesn't give a fuck. He is ill-advised. Everything about Josh Allen is ill-advised. He went completely horizontal, five feet off the ground. This is the franchise. His hands, his arms, this is what he needs to do his job. And he's putting them... Into the way of defenders to to get a two point conversion that we desperately needed, and yeah, the whole his whole thing is ill advised. But so somebody made the somebody at the tailgate made the uh, simile that Josh Allen is Ricky Bobby. What's his name from? What's the other guy from Talladega Nights? Chris Jean Girard. Pat Patrick Mahomes is Jean Girard, and Josh Allen is Ricky Bobby because. Josh Allen doesn't care how he gets the win. He's like, I'll get dirty. Yeah. I'll truck you if I have to. You watch the finesse mm-hmm. that Patrick Mahomes plays the game of football with, and yet at the same time, he has no physicality to his game. How do you mean? Well, when you look at it, contact? Mm-hmm. Nope. He avoids that like the plague. Oh, yeah. Because he's smart, and he knows, hey, my, my kneecaps and my shoulder are my moneymaker. Yeah. Josh Allen goes... Yeah, but if you're not first, you're last. I'm going to get over that. I'm going to get over that there, D-tackle. <laughs> it's it, it really is one of those things that... I, so in this game, when I watch this happen, I mean, there are simply some plays. Like, first of all, he now owns a five-game home winning streak against the Dolphins. First in Bill's franchise history. Jim Kelly couldn't do it. Wow. No one did it. No one has more than two in a row. Against Miami. Really? More than two in a row? More than two in a row at home. Not That's Jim nuts. Kelly. Not That's uh, a stat. Not Drew Bledsoe. Not... Uh, Trent Edwards. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah well. I, and then you watch the plays. Some of these plays that he makes where just... I would put my money that no quarterback, not even Patrick Mahomes, can make to put us over the top. That halftime touchdown throw. Right. Mahomes wouldn't do it. Mahomes would do the smart thing. And he would say, look, I'm going to save clock. I'm going to fire this thing out of bounds. We'll kick a field goal. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. You kick a field goal in that moment, the Bills might lose this game. You don't win this football game without that moment right there. Because at that point in the game, we... We the Dolphins went down the field, scored a field goal. We go down the field, score a touchdown. The Dolphins score another field goal. We score another touchdown. I felt good about this game to start with because when we got touchdowns, they got field goals. Yes. And that was I felt like, oh, if this is how it's gonna be, 
all day long. Let's do that. And and at the end of the game, he, or at the end of the half, rather, he makes that crazy throw, rolls out to the right, and throws it as he's falling out of bounds, reminiscent of the last time he did that two <laughs> weeks ago. You'd think people would learn. No. And yeah, They're like, oh, he's rolling out. No, he's not. He's going to huck this thing. Right. He's going to huck this thing because... He's he's in the words of Homer Simpson. He's like, yeah, I'm stupid, stupid like a fox. <laughs> but, but he just does these, and you think teams would know to like not don't let him roll to the right. Well, not only that, but cover, yeah. keep covering, even if you think he's going out of bounds. I watched every, I watched with my own two eyes every Miami defender as soon as they thought he got to the line, just stopped their feet. Mm-hmm. That's how Cook got open, and and our receivers know better. Our receivers yeah, know like this guy's an idiot. He's going to yeah. throw it in the air. He's going to throw it. <laughs> so, like, this guy's dumb. He's going to huck it up here. Oh, shit, here it comes. Now, Cook caught that ball. Yes, he did. Kudos for Cook. Yeah. How how much has his stock risen? Quite a bit. And that's, I mean, I said, Hines, we brought him in because he can be a pass-catching running back. That's why we drafted Cook. Yes. That play right there. Also, the 44-yard run in the fourth quarter where he's just like, all right, guys, we need to get down the field. Yeah. I got this. I got this. Fuck those safeties. If he comes, if that guy comes anywhere near me, I'm just going to knock him over. I don't care. Like, that's, there aren't many quarterbacks who have that mentality. Right. And at that moment, I think he believed that he was the baddest man on that field. And everybody in the entire <laughs> building believed it, too. Because he just, and that was definitely, you could see it in his eyes. He's like, I'm going to take this team and put it on my back. And and completely dominate this game. And when he kind of switches into that gear, you you best stay out of his way. It's just like, look, the other team can just kind of hold on. And then he gets that two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, Chris, how close. They kept showing it on the billboard. Everyone's agonizing over it. It's like, how Well, that's in our end zone. And we don't get, we don't have a good sense of what's happening left to right on the field. Because that comes into our end right zone, down the middle. and it just seems like, oh, that he didn't get in. Wow. And then he starts showing it on the video boards, and you're like, oh, that's, that's close, ha- but they probably won't give it to us. Right. It's like, it was like half a football. It was awesome. I want to know what that conversation was like on the sideline or in the headset. You know, like, oh, we're going to run this play, and then Josh is like, the fuck we are. Josh, I'm like, gonna no, get fuck the, you. No, I've got to play. I've got to play. It's called 17 left. Yeah. 17 dive left on hike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 17 left up your mother's ass. <laughs> and he just helicoptered like he's John Elway in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. it, it's one of those things where he has no fear. Yeah. No. And then you hear him laughing about it after the fact. Do you know what kind of lunatic energy it takes to call that play? Or if the coordinator calls it down and they go, Josh, we're going to sneak you over, sneak you over guard. All right. Quarterback dive right, right over guard. You're not going over the center. You're going to kind of leak over and just take the angle and see if you can't cut it in and reach the ball over. And he goes, hell yeah. He's, he's Peter Venkman at the end of Ghostbusters. I love it. I love this. Crossing the streams? Yeah. Let's do this thing. I love it. I imagine he hears the call come in on his headset, and he just starts grinning and nodding like that Jack Nicholson gif. He's just like, yes. 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 This is the play. That right there is the stuff that legends are made of. Yeah. That's it. I can't remember what commentator it is who keeps saying like his his one one take he keeps using over and over about Josh Allen is that he's a bigger, faster, stronger John Elway. And I mean. Nick Wright? 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's Nick Wright. Get get me a ring. I'll be willing to have that conversation. But I will say, Chris, it has qualified him to be this week's hero of the week. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big hairy American winning machine. I would have gone with Bass. You know what? He'll, he, can we give him an honorable mention? Yeah. All right. I mean, he, he made his extra points. Well, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. But Bass doesn't get to do his job. So unless Reed does his job, so isn't Reed the hero of the week? Yeah, Reed, you can, Reed could be the hero of the week or the whole <laughs> specialist group. The whole specialist group. They really, yeah. l- Listen, the, so Josh, the guy next to me, who I sold the ticket to, he goes, oh, you, you just got to go down there and you got to get seven. And I was like, buddy, we've watched this game before. I go, you just saw the Miami offense do what they want to do for a whole quarter. Mm-hmm. You do not give them the ball back. And he's right. like, no, you got to score. And then he watched them slow play the drive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, buddy, who knows what they're talking about? Me or you? I'm stone sober. I go, for, for once, I'm stone sober in the stands. I can tell you that the game plan has got to be. Bleed this thing. Do not let them touch the ball again. Imagine only having a few ticks left on the clock. Tie game. Getting ready to go into overtime. And just doing something stupid with the football. Something reckless. That would be insane, right? <laughs> yeah, like throwing a lateral. Yeah, you know. across the When field. the game is tied. And you can really have another opportunity to make something of it. Oh, God. I, that... I've never been so happy. I don't know, because there's somebody who did something equally stupid. These are zero of the week. Defensive back Cam Lewis. You folks fell on your face. You get an F minus in my book. I've had it. Not going to sugarcoat it. I won't stand for any more of this. The fact that when we need depth, that Cam Lewis is still seeing snaps over the safety that we traded for in Dean Marlowe is coaching malpractice. It's indefensible. What has this kid done in a game setting to show you he can be a real football player? A guy you can trust in critical moments. Because I'll tell you what, he's botched two of them that have almost cost us football games. One of them did. One of them could have. What the fuck? You're talking about Dean Marlowe, who knows the scheme. He's played in it. He's done very well in it. He is. He's not some fly-by-night like, hey, he was here for a year and whatever. He's been around McDermott his entire career. Dean is already in game shape. It's not like he just got off the couch like John Brown or uh, Cole Beasley. Right. (coughs) Meanwhile, Cam Lewis is on the wrong end of some of the worst plays of the entire season for Buffalo. From that Jefferson debacle, like what you didn't know to knock it down. The yeah. fuck are you doing? Right. Meanwhile, like what? Not not running into the kicker. You you don't hit that guy. They teach that to you in Pee Wee. Right. And then he laid there on the field for a while. It's like, yeah, this is the most embarrassing moment of your adult life. Right. If you'd like me to feel bad for you in this moment, I will not. Yeah, I'm not going to. Right. Uninterested. His play is so bad, Chris. You said it. He took all the Lewis's down a peg. Yeah. I'm talking about Jerry Lewis, uh, who's a comedian. Used to have his own show. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Lewis Black? No. Uh, God. Uh, 
Don't know. I don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Huey Lewis? Huey Lewis. Huey oh. Lewis doesn't mm. sound as good anymore. Mm-mm. Juliette Lewis? Juliette Lewis? She can get bent. What? Although Natural Born Killers is still a great movie. Never seen it. Of course you haven't. Louis Black and Louis C.K. aren't as funny anymore because they share the same sounding name as you. Well, <laughs> and they Do both get in trouble for various things. <laughs> yeah. I think, in fact, I think Louis C.K. kind of, he lost his shine by himself. Yeah, he, didn't, no. he didn't need Cam Lewis's help. You've literally sullied the name. I hope you're proud of yourself. And I swear, this better be the last time I see you, barring any, barring any catastrophic injury. This better be the last time I see you in a Bills uniform all season. An honorable mention, adults throwing snowballs at football games. I saw the tweet. That was a good one. Chris? Yeah, and people got mad at me for it. Chris, what was the tweet? It was like... Uh, it, you said something to the effect of people at the game throwing snowballs are it's the same as monkeys throwing your own sh- their own shit at the zoo. And They can't even, be reasoned with, and both should probably be euthanized. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I did tweet that. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, I had an interesting conversation with you and with the usher, Tony. And then with Keith, our security officer, uh, the sheriff, working yeah, yeah. on top of the thing. And they both thought it was hilarious, but said that it's a no-go. So I might as well talk about it. I was like, listen, you guys want to stop this snowball stuff. Have you ever seen the movie Sicario? No. Okay. Never heard of it. Of course you haven't. The CIA basically teams up with a Colombian hitman because they were like, well, we need to disrupt this Mexican drug cartel and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we let this one guy come in and just wreak havoc. Just wreak havoc to disrupt this whole drug operation. And we kind of quietly support him. <laughs> Even though we claim we're just doing police work. Right. My thing to them was, let's put in a word with security. Just let me in here with a roll of quarters. And I will walk through the stands just sucker punching grown adults who I see throwing snowballs. <laughs> That's it. Like, it's ridiculous. How many times do how many times do you have to be told to stop doing it? It's fun for five minutes. It's funny the first five that you throw and you're like, oh look, I hit the field with a snowball. When you hit Sal Capaccio in the back of the head while he's trying to do a sideline interview, when you're throwing them at the players, at the players who are on the field, you're a scumbag. What happens if the Bills are marching? They're coming down the field. They're trying to get into range to end the game. You throw a snowball onto the field, and they actually pull the trigger and penalize us 15 yards. And it stalls our drive, and we lose the football game because of it. If you're sitting in my section, I'm going to put my hands on you. Like, that's it. Like, Chris, Chris, I've made a vow not to be violent at football games because I feel like this is a I I embrace the family atmosphere of this. I'm nice to kids. I'm yeah, nice what to you'll people. do what you'll end up doing is you'll stalk that person and then attack him out in public like a Willie McGinnis. <laughs> There's a reference. Yeah. I, I can't wait till all the story comes out about that. But yeah, no, it's kinda like that. It's like look, this is a ridiculous thing that you're doing. Another grown adult is telling you, a grown adult, 
to stop doing this thing. If you can't do that, then you probably deserve a mouthful of nickels. And I'm sorry, that's it's not my fault, it's your fault. And I will not apologize for it. Now, Chris, final thoughts as we close this show. Let's see, that's uh, three... Is that three wins? Four. No, well, no, three wins against divisional opponents. The stake oh, bet. Yes. The stake bet, I'm three down. Stake bet. We need to beat the... So... so if somehow Kansas City fumbles because they had a tough time with Houston. They've not looked good. Not looked good. If they fumble somewhere along the way here. This is the last and, test they really and have. We right. can, and we can beat Cincinnati. There could be a chance where we're going into, we're going into the New England game where we don't have anything to play for. Yep. And we could essentially sit people and end up losing that game. Which That's all you mean. have going for you. But I'm I'm very much happy that we're we're getting close to you owing Greg Thompson another stake. Is this just because you want to show up and drink fancy cocktails in a stupid shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and watch you <laughs> have to pay, take the bill. Pay for <laughs> Greg's stake. It brings you pleasure making watching me have to take the bill. Plus, anytime we get to talk this up, I'm also going to mention that you should go to the Western Door. All right. That, we'll, we'll put it under advisement. Yeah, the we'll Western Door. It. Your final thoughts as you walk away from this thing. I mean, it was a stressful game. It, it ended really close to midnight, and my nerves were shot. I was not able... I tried to go to sleep after that game. just wasn't an option. I mean, I would... I, I long for the days, and I think Bruce Nolan tweeted this, that he, he misses those early season blowouts. So I, I'm i proud of what this team has been able to accomplish. Uh, they're playing quality opponents, and they're rising to the occasion. How often have we seen the Bills play down to the level of their competition over over time? Uh, where, that happens all of the time. All of the time. So we're seeing the team play up to their level of competition and, and beat teams they're supposed to beat and beat teams that they have a legitimate chance not to beat. So I'm I'm happy with the direction they're going. It seems the offense is clicking at the right time. Um, it just find a way to win these last couple games and stay healthy. If we can do that, the sky's the limit. This is one of the best games I've ever attended in my entire life. Bucket list. Like this was you could check that off. Like exciting game in the snow, meaningful Miami Buffalo game. Boom. Check it off. And it had a very storybook feel to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Bills are on the ropes. Dolphins have the lead. Fourth quarter starts. Oh, wait. The snow starts to fall. Yeah. And the wind starts to pick up. And all of a sudden, it's there. And then the Bills just kind of draw this sense of power from that and just plow ahead. To, like, Bills mount this incredible comeback. And they, they just hold on to this game with their fingernails. And pull it off. Like, four lead changes. Four lead changes. Like, a Bills team that doesn't win until the clock reads zero. Yeah. That's that's game of the year material. Yeah. NFL Network is going to be airing this thing all summer long. As they should. I, I know every Bills fan, and even some grouchy Dolphins fans, will feel that way. Be like, I want to see this one more time. Like, it'll be on TV sometime in July, and we'll turn it on. Or we'll see it on TV and go, I'll watch that. 
<laughs> you know what I'm sitting there? I'll watch that. And you'll rewatch it and go, man, that was great. What a game. Yeah, this summer I watched the re-airing of the, uh, the Bills-Patriots playoff game when the NFL Network put it on in, like, August. Yes. I used to have a DVR, and me and my son would sit down and watch it. My wife, when my, when my, my oldest Jack was probably the same age as my youngest now, seven, eight, nine months old, there was one night where he just couldn't sleep. And my wife points at it as one of those moments where she goes, I knew you were going to be a good dad. Like a great dad. Because she goes, he couldn't sleep. You got up with him. You're upstairs doing whatever with him. Our bedroom was in the basement. She goes, you didn't come down for a really long time. And I didn't hear anything. So I came upstairs and it was just you and him wide awake. And you had him in the office. And we were sitting in the thing and I was I was replaying the 2019 Thanksgiving Bills-Cowboys game for him. Yeah, and she goes, and I'm standing out in the hallway listening to you explain to him. See that guy? He's Jerry Jones. See how angry he is? We like that. This is one of those games. This is one of those games that we'll show our children when we try to explain to them what this era of Bills football was about. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. And it's also this game was a sign that the rivalry is back. Yes. Like mark my words, there will be a Sunday night football game with the Bills and Miami Dolphins next year. Whether it's here, whether it's there, I I don't know. And also, if you look at it, like last week, Elf and Nate joined us on the show to talk about the team and the rivalry and their personal rivalry and all these things. Mm-hmm. Like, they are our only true competition in the division. Yeah. If you, you want any more evidence, look at the point differentials from last year to this year. I broke it down. The Jets in 2021, the Bills were plus 45. This year, the Bills were plus five. Plus five, but that last one was a very convincing win. Yes. The Patriots, 2021, the Bills were plus 38. Right now, we're plus 14, and the way the Patriots are trending, it could get worse. Oh, yeah. Last season, Dolphins and Bills, the Bills were plus 50. This year, Bills are plus one. There's one point separating us from them. And just a couple wins separating us in the standings. Yeah. And if they don't lose their starting quarterback for three games, who knows what that looks like? Like, this is it. They've made the sharpest improvements of any of our divisional opponents. And they deserve to be kind of applauded. Yeah, because if they don't do if they don't carry their end of the bargain, then we don't get this game, this epic, epic game. I just it just feels back. It does. And it's good. And it's good to know that we came out on this end of it. Can I jump in with something really quick? Yep. Um, growing up, I grew up a Bills fan, diehard Bills fan since I was a little kid. My, my parents were fans, but not really into it that much. But I latched on as a child to be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, my brother was 16 months younger than me, and just to be contrarian and a pain, he decided that he was going to be a Dolphins fan. If I was going to root, if I was going to root for Jim Kelly, he was going to root for Dan Marino. Oh boy! Just to piss me off. And the Bills were good back then, and the Dolphins were good back then. And then we fell into the late 90s and all of the you know the aughts where uh, neither team was any good. Uh, my brother passed away uh, in uh, December of 2010. And uh, I still, every year, I have uh, these two ornaments, a Bill's helmet and a Dolphin's helmet. They both go up on my Christmas tree. 
every every year. And uh, it means a lot to me when those rivalries are good because it makes me think of my brother. And I feel I feel really good about that. So, um, yeah, no, to see these two teams both be good and both um, have really, really bright futures ahead of them. They both have that coach quarterback combo that seems to have that that special sauce that they can make something happen. I mean, it just makes me feel a little closer to my brother. And uh, and so, it, I mean, that's just on a personal note, but it just Hell it, it yeah. makes me happy. Makes me happy. Did you get a beer? Uh, no, I'm out. Well, I'm getting you one because we're going to toast to that as we close this one. Because you don't. You, Thank you. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, cheers to from that. across the room. Cheers. cheers. Guys, what a week. What a game. But for tonight, we're going to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Andy Parks. And this has been your Rock Bob Report. <laughs>